All right. Hunter Biden and the indictment. I know you've been hearing about it all day, but I got a couple of things that you may not have heard. First, quick review. This is Hunter Biden when he's spiffy. Um, this is Hunter Biden when he's smoking crack cocaine. And this is Hunter Biden when he's nude and in possession illegally of a weapon, a handgun. And here is the form. He allegedly, although I think we got all the evidence we need, he lied on that form when he said in item 11E that he did not use drugs. All right. He admitted in his book. He admits to the people at CBS News. He admits to his dad. He admits to the world. He has a serious drug problem. It looks like he lied on this thing and they indicted them for it. All right. Now, there's something going on here, obviously, but stay with me on this, okay? First, you know this. Three counts altogether. Uh, lying on that form, two counts of that, and uh, then actually being in possession of the gun while addicted to narcotics. Now, his lawyer says, hey, this is all unconstitutional, and all right, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I know this, and everybody seems to know this. This is the least of the offenses of Hunter Biden. I mean, we had word last week that this was probably going to happen. I asked Congressman Comer, the oversight chair, what if this does happen? What do you make of that, sir? Hunter Biden has committed at least a dozen crimes. This one would be a distant 12th place on the list of the 12 crimes that he's committed. A distant 12th place. So, you know, this isn't something that I'm concerned about. We haven't even really looked into this one because it it. it you know, small fries compared to money laundering, tax evasion, being an unregistered foreign agent, uh, to to the the wire fraud, to racketeering. The list goes on and on of major crimes that people serve long years, long periods of time in jail yeah. for. But the fake news says there's no evidence, no evidence. Well, here's the motherload of evidence. Hunter Biden himself basically giving himself up all this crazy business with communists in China. I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the literally Dr. Patrick Coe, the spy chief of China who started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion, found it, and is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing, who was my partner. He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to build the largest LNG port in the world. Wow. The spy chief of China had a $4 billion deal in the works with Hunter Biden. Now, why in the world would the spy chief of China, why with Hunter Biden, who doesn't know what he's doing, who's high on crack cocaine, I hope he has that straightened out, by the way, obviously it's to get to the old man Joe. But back to the gun thing, all right, which is silly in comparison. But here are the things that have not been mentioned today. I think it's worth repeating that Haley Biden had a role in all this. Yeah, Haley Biden, his girlfriend, uh, was married to Bo. More on that in a moment. She actually, you know, I don't blame her for doing what she did. Look at these text messages from Hunter complaining about what Haley did. Haley stole the gun out of my trunk lockbox and threw it in a garbage can 
full to the top at Janssen's, a downtown grocery store, then told me it was my problem to deal with. Next, please. Uh, then when the police, the FBI, the Secret Service came on the scene, she said she took it from me because she was scared I would harm myself due to my drug and alcohol problem and our volatile relationship and that she was afraid for the kids. Wow. Well, I guess she could have done something other than throw it in a dumpster. We actually have a picture of the dumpster behind Jansen's in Greenville, Delaware. That's it right there. It's there. That's where the gun was placed by Haley. Look, she was desperate. She was, you know, God, dating the brother-in-law. I mean, she must have been. And let's talk about that. You know, so Hunter is married to Kathleen. Bo is married to Haley. Uh, Bo dies. Haley starts hooking up with Hunter. While Hunter is still married with Kathleen, it is a mess. And they become a couple. They start going on vacations together. They start going to the beach together. Now, when Kathleen but uh, Hunter's wife finds out about this. She understandably loses her mind. What does Joe Biden say about it? This would break up any family or at least be a really hard thing to deal with. They put out a public statement when this uh, became an issue. We are lucky that Hunter and Haley found each other. Part of the same family, not a, large, not a wide search. As they are putting their lives back together again after such sadness. Again, Bo, Bo, Bo. Next, please. They have mine and Jill's full and complete support, and we are happy for them. These are deranged, sad, lost people. You don't even have to say anything in this circumstance, do you, right? I'll point this out as well. Haley Biden, we believe, got some of the money from Hunter's business shenanigans overseas. We have this from the House Oversight Committee. Haley was getting money, uh, so Hunter's girlfriend was getting money, Hunter's ex-wife was getting Hunter's wife was getting It's just crazy, and grandkids. Um, and let's talk about the Bidens. This is something else that has not been mentioned much. They really think they are all that. I mean, they think they are special, superior people. They're not. But Here's an idea of how special and superior Hunter thinks the Biden family is. Here he's running Devin Archer, who's basically going to jail. Every great family is persecuted, prosecuted in the U.S. You are part of a great family, not a sideshow, not deserted by them, even in your darkest moments. Hunter is so generous. That's the way Bidens are different. And you are a Biden. OK, it's the price of power. And the people questioning you truly have none, whereas you do through perseverance and poise. All right. This is what bothers me. They're supposed to be, Joe Biden is supposed to be a public servant. And, you know, a senator from Delaware, Delaware, great. Back in 1972, you managed to get 116,000 votes, and that put you on a trajectory to be president of the United States. Let's be real about Delaware and <laughs> the insignificant politician Joe Biden was for most of his career. Delaware is smaller than most counties in America. Delaware, the state, is smaller than San Bernardino, California, smaller than Maricopa County, the whole state, smaller than counties. You see this? Clark County in Nevada, <laughs> bigger than Delaware. Uh, Suffolk County on Long Island, bigger than Delaware, even has more people. But somehow they think they are the princes and kings and queens. And let's face it, <laughs> Biden got lucky. Obama picked him because, in part, Joe Biden was mediocre. Now, 
he didn't want to be upstaged. He didn't want somebody younger, somebody that people would look at and say, maybe we prefer that guy to you. Joe Biden had no real political future, one of the reasons why he was chosen. All right, let's go back to the gun. It's interesting that they indict Hunter on this uh, the day after a fake news favorite by the name of David Ignatius. He writes, I think, for the Washington Post. He writes a column that says Joe Biden should not run uh, for re-election, and neither should Kamala Harris. And he says it, you know, very clearly. Uh, let's put it up on the screen, please. Uh, I don't think Biden and Vice President Harris should run for re-election. Uh, all right, I agree. But what else? He cites Hunter and Burisma, Hunter in China, phoning Hunter during dinner with foreign oligarchs. He also says, you know, Kamala Harris is a problem. And that time is running out. In a month or so, this decision will be cast in stone. It will be too late for other Democrats. Um, I hope Biden has this conversation with himself about whether to run and that he levels with the country about it. Now, Ignatius writes this column. Now, I call on him to not run for reelection. He already knows he's not going to run for re-election. He already knows that. He wants to come off as the guy who suggested it and the president followed his advice. Therefore, this, you know, fairly anonymous columnist changes the history of the world. Does that make sense? I think that's what's going on here. The indictment comes down. And there's something else about this indictment. I know we heard from Comer, and I actually agree with this, but there's something else. The indictment is small potatoes, but at the same time, it's real. It's a real crime. Hunter had that gun. Hunter's an addict. Hunter lied about it on that form. This is real. Compare it to the indictments that came down on Donald Trump, right? The two indictments back to back. They're never going to come out with another indictment on, on Hunter. When that happened, we just knew it was fake. Americans get it. It just, it, it, it did not make any impact. But Hunter... And all we know about him and all he's done and uh, all the evidence, this is actually real. I know maybe they're trying to help him, but we know a real from a fake and there is something real here. Next, please. My wing of the party talks about policy and about issues that will make a difference to the lives of the American people. The uh, Trump wing of the party uh, talks about resentments of various kind and getting even. And, and settling scores and, and revisiting the 2020 election. What are the policies for the future? And my party is only going to be successful getting young people to vote for us if we're talking about the future. What does this guy know about the lives of the American people? Didn't he have an elevator in his own garage? This guy, I tell you what, and the way he condescends to MAGA, we don't care about policy. Are you crazy? Have you ever actually been to a Trump rally? Have you at least watched one on TV? Really watched one? You talk about border security, you talk about tax, you talk about not getting into foreign wars and losing them. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about, Mitt Romney. You really don't. And it just occurs to me that Mitt Romney has never been reelected to anything. He never one term as governor of Massachusetts, and now he's not running for reelection, and he hasn't even completed one term in the U.S. Senate. The people just aren't that into you, Mitt. I'm sorry. They can spot a phony. Well, and for a guy who says we shouldn't be talking about the past, you know, the 2020 election, he brings up January 6th a lot. Our resolve to follow the Constitution's path, avoiding the perils of authoritarianism on one hand and pure democracy on the other, that's wavering. 
Now, no more stunning evidence of that was the attempt to prevent the lawful and constitutional transfer of power on January 6th. It followed from the president of the United States claiming that the election had been stolen from him. He brings it up when it suits him, the past. Take a look at that crowd. They are so not into him. Mitt, you're just not good at politics. And you know nothing about loyalty. And you actually get your history wrong all the time. Check this out. No, actually, I have a great deal of respect for, for Leader McConnell. And one of the mysteries to me is why he is so unpopular in national polls. I, I don't understand that. He, he is the singular reason why we have a conservative Supreme Court. Mitch McConnell is? What about Donald Trump, who beat Hillary Clinton? There would be no conservative Supreme Court without Donald Trump. Mitt Romney is so weird. Why are we talking about him, by the way? Oh, yeah, he's retiring. Goodbye. Although... Aren't you kind of annoyed by those guys who announce their retirement when they get to stay in the job for another year and a half? Most people, two weeks. If they're lucky, they get two weeks. Uh, also, this is interesting. Who remembers? It happens actually a lot, but he was booed at a Republican convention in Utah, and uh, he really didn't like it. President Biden's first hundred days. Now, you know me as a person who... Uh, who says what he thinks. And I All right, I get it. Nobody likes to be booed, and it's got a sting in your home state, but you're a politician. It happens. It happens. That moment when he was booed, he actually told some reporter who just wrote a book about Mitt Romney coming out pretty soon what Mitt Romney saw in the Senate. They were acting like wild children, Romney said. And if he was being honest with himself, there were moments up on that stage when he was afraid of them. There was no violence they were booze. You know, they try to say that this moment, because of Donald Trump, is so dark and violent. No, it's not. Politics has had booze before. And even worse, anybody ever see the movie The Candidate with Robert Redford? It's actually very good. It still holds up. Robert Redford, the boy wonder, is campaigning all around California. Watch what happens to him. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, it's for Danny just comes home after a hard day of campaigning and getting punched in the mouth. That was in 1972, 51 years ago. Mitt Romney is traumatized by getting booed. Sorry, Mitt, again, you just weren't cut out for this stuff. And what about this? Dereliction of duty? This is kind of interesting. It comes from the book. What did Mitt Romney know about January 6th before January 6th? Romney was so alarmed by what, by what he heard from Senator King that he texted McConnell this, and I'm quoting from the text message now. In case you have not heard this, I just got a call from Angus King, who said that he had spoken with a senior official at the Pentagon who reports that they are seeing very disturbing social media traffic regarding the protest planned on the 6th. There are calls to burn down your home, bitch, to smuggle guns into D.C. and to storm the Capitol. I hope that sufficient security plans are in place, but I'm concerned that the instigator, the president, is the one who commands the reinforcements the D.C. and Capitol Police might require. 
According to the book, McConnell never responded to that message. And what did Mitt Romney do? Did Mitt Romney hold a press conference? Did Mitt Romney, he knew a lot about what was going to happen. That is very significant. What did he do with this information? Anything? I mean, and why? Who else knew it? Why did the cop wave people on? Did they have orders to wave people on? Mitch McConnell was happy or okay with the information that Mitt Romney told him? Why did those cops just stand there and watch everybody walk into the Capitol? <laughs> These questions were never even asked, let alone answered by the January 6th committee. And most importantly, why did those three officers just walk away, walk away from the entry to the House chamber and let Ashley Babbitt get shot? This is moments before Ashley Babbitt gets shot. Watch this. They're just going to walk off for no apparent reason. They're not being harmed in any way. And there they go. Da -da -da -da. And all hell breaks loose. Look at them start pounding away. And Bird is a few moments from taking out his gun and firing a shot. Mitt Romney, why didn't you do more? Hmm? And spare me this, um, that you're better than anyone else morally. You put down President Trump. You called him greedy. You really are turned off by Donald Trump's greed. I don't see it that way, and I see this as greed, actually. This is uh, Mitt Romney hanging with his uh, investment fund, billionaire, boys club, whatever. Look at that. Look at that, that them and their money, you see? Huh? There's Mitt in the middle with a, with a hundy, I think they call it, a Benjamin. What's that all about? Anyway, great big phony. Bye-bye, Mitt, and we'll be right back. We not only recovered all the jobs we lost during the pandemic, we've added millions more. We've seen record lows in unemployment, particularly, and I've focused on this my whole career, particularly for African-Americans and Hispanic workers and veterans. You know, the workers without high school diplomas, the lowest unemployment rate in 70 years for women now. You know, workers without high school diplomas. He seems to be working, linking workers without high school diplomas to African-Americans, Hispanics, and veterans, which is, I believe, his, his view of things. That's how he sees the world. The man stopped growing intellectually, morally, everything in 1972. That's when he hit it big. This is one of the many reasons why he will not be running for re-election. He will have to withdraw from the race. And Kamala Harris, uh, the establishment is now saying that she should not run Everybody knows she's a goofball. Sorry. Here she is celebrating hip-hop. Hip-hop. Hip-hop has done a lot of damage uh, to America, especially American youth, especially American youth, people of color, people not of color, all kinds of people harmed by the message of hip-hop. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Um, even Jamie Raskin will not commit to uh, Kamala Harris. I actually think it's a pretty simple question. Do you think Kamala Harris is the best running mate for President Biden? Yes or no? I mean, I don't know what else I can say other than she you can would say be yes. an excellent running mate and an excellent vice president. Um, I don't know whether President Biden has named his uh, running mate. We're going to a convention uh, next summer. It's, uh, you know, a year away from now. Actually, Biden already did say he wants it to be her, Kamala Harris. Look, something's up, obviously. Gavin Newsom, people are talking about him. I don't think it's going to happen. It's going to be Michelle. Michelle, I know, I know. Uh, it's going to be ugly, but it's going to be, I think, Michelle as the Democrat nominee versus Trump. Wow. We'll be right back.
Imagine this. It's the dead of the night. You're lying in bed. Suddenly you hear something go bump. What's your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution. The new MC-14 T tip-up pistol from EAA Corp and Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength, disabilities, or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodbye to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back down, and you're ready to fire. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boasting a 13-plus-1 round capacity, With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense, complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience available with all EAA Corp distributors, starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit eaacorp.com today. That's eaacorp.com. Well, Joe Biden looking rough as usual, lost, confused. It's uh, it's very sad. It also kind of makes me angry, actually, that uh, we're going through this. Hey, guess who's here? Secretary Ben Carson, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under President Trump. Of course, a renowned neurosurgeon. Uh, Dr. Carson, Secretary Carson, welcome back. How are you? Oh, great. Thanks for having me. You bet. Hey, first of all, we'll talk about Joe Biden, and uh, you have great insight from a scientific perspective. Any chance of you working in a Trump administration if there is a Trump administration? Well, I'm always willing to help uh, in various uh, capacities. And, you know, my main concern and our concern at the American Cornerstone Institute is how do we get America back on track and how do we re-inject common sense into the things that we're doing? So, yes, we will be helping in lots of different ways. Everybody can go to AmericanCornerstone.org, AmericanCornerstone.org. I have heard more than actually three times your name mentioned as a possible vice presidential running mate for uh, President Trump. Is that something you'd be interested in? Well, as I said, you know, my main interest focuses on getting our country back into the right shape. And, uh, you know, I will trust the good Lord to lead me in the best way to do that. Well, I think uh, the good Lord has big plans for you, but I'm just guessing. Hey, Secretary, uh, Mr. Secretary, Joe Biden obviously is struggling. I actually find it quite sad. Do you have any observations based on your scientific background? I mean, what's going on potentially with his brain? I know you haven't examined him, but what are your thoughts uh, about how he's doing? It's pretty obvious that he's suffering from significant cognitive decline. And uh, we see that often in aging. There's no shame in that. That happens to a lot of people. The shame is in trying to cover it up. And the shame is in the contempt that this administration has for the intelligence of the American people. It's hard enough when you have someone who has full possession of their cognitive uh, function to be able to to tell people things that aren't true, to tell them that they're not really suffering economically. You just are perceiving things in the wrong way, that Bidenomics is really great, to tell them that uh, the border is secure 
don't mind the fact that millions of people are coming across the border, some of which are terrorists and are threatening the, the viability of our country. Uh, don't mind the fact that uh, we, we're pushing parents away from the children, trying to divide the population on every basis that we possibly can, and that people are feeling bad about this, that might be something wrong with them. You know, you need somebody who has full possession of their faculties to get those kinds of lies over on people. To have somebody who, like him, does not have full possession of their faculties makes it a farce. And particularly when we display this to the whole world on the international stage, everybody must be having a good laugh. But we, the American people, are the ones who are suffering. And the American people, corporate America, the media, mostly, I guess, but there's a conversation about race. Uh, you're hearing about race more than ever, a conversation about race. What do you think of the quality of that conversation? What, um, is, what are your thoughts on, yeah, I mean, it seems to me like it's a silly conversation to avoid some serious issues. What do you think, sir? Well, you know, it's like the story of the, the boy who cried wolf. You know, everything is racism. Uh, it, it really does deflect away from those things that really are racism. But we have to recognize that we've made enormous progress in this country, you know, in the last few decades. And, you know, the racial issues are not what they used to be, but there are those who want to gin them up. They want to drive wedges in our society on the basis of race, gender, income, age, religion, political affiliation, you name it all in the process of dividing us and conquering us and moving us to a place where we as Americans don't want to be. We need to recognize that we, the American people, are not each other's enemies, and we've accomplished great things in the past, and we can do that again, but we must recognize that we're being manipulated. And uh, the, the Marxists have an agenda, and they are accomplishing it if we allow them to make us into enemies. Sir, you've always, it struck, strikes me, a great sense of peace. You're, you're mad at peace, and no matter what the circumstances are, you're, you're, you're calm. And um, can you tell us what the source of that is? Uh, it, it, it really is special, and in this yes. world, it's unique. Well, I wasn't always calm. Uh, as a teenager, uh, I had a real temper problem. But... Uh, you know, the, the good Lord showed me that the reason I was angry so often is because I was selfish. It was always about me, me, my, and I. Somebody did this to me. They took my thing. I want this. And if you can take yourself outside of the center of the circle and make it about other people, it will give you a great sense of perspective and calmness. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Mr. Secretary... Thank you very much. To be continued, um, so nice to talk to you. Everybody should go to AmericanCornerstone.org, AmericanCornerstone.org. And we appreciate it, sir. To, thank you. Thank you, Greg. We'll be right back.
You know, there's never been. All right. You see the guy on the right who's yelling and screaming at everybody? That's Congressman Jamal Bowman, Democrat of the Bronx. And he's a total whack job, a crazy liberal. And, well, he's in for a great big challenge, maybe the challenge of his political life, because one of our favorites, Madeline Brame, is lining up to challenge him as a Republican here in New York, a district in the Bronx and Westchester County. Now, Madeline uh, became, well, rather well known, uh, I guess tragically, under tragic circumstances, when her son, Hassan, was brutally murdered. He was serving in the army and back here in New York. And uh, the people who killed him, most of them were let go. And they slow walked the case. Alvin Bragg really dropped the ball. Uh, Madeline Brain, welcome back to Newsmax. I'm very excited about this. Uh, how are you? I'm well, Greg. How are you? Terrific, terrific. All right. So this is the elections next year. You got the nomination yes. kind of locked for you, right? You got any Republican opposition? No, not that I know of. I'm still trying to solidify that. I'm trying. I'm still trying to uh, drum up the GOP support. Um, I have some people talking for me because I don't really know who these people are. Um, we will see. I know that mentally, physically, spiritually, myself, I'm ready. I love so it. When, when the time does come, I'm all in and I'm in it to win it. So if you get elected, and by the way, your district, I could actually see it happening. It's tough to knock off an incumbent, but it could happen. What do you want to do in Congress? I want to begin to change the narrative. I want people to stop thinking for themselves. I want to try and do my best to put people to shame, to embarrass people, especially those have, that have been sitting there occupying those seats for election after election after election and have done absolutely nothing to serve the people of their districts, the people who pay their salary, the people who put them in that office, in, in that position. They need to be put to shame because it's absolutely incorrigible what is happening. The political shenanigans, the political games. Americans are tired of that. We want to see them actually do mm. what they're promising that they will do. It's like, what are we paying them for? What are they paying them for? I'm not saying that I'm going to go in there and change the world or whatever, but I think that once we begin to change the narrative and get people thinking more on their feet, like I did, 40-year Democrat, and this tragedy that happened with my son, it was like a rude awakening that happened because of the way I was treated by the Democratic and progressive establishment here in New York City. I never really had to directly deal with them on any type of real level until I got involved with yeah. this case in the court system. Madeline, they literally treated me like garbage. I'm so sorry that happened. Two of the four suspects, they just dismissed the charges. Uh, just threw them, threw them away. And 
you know, you mentioned embarrassing lawmakers when, once you get to Congress. Well, you've already done that, and it was pretty spectacular. One of my least favorite members of Congress, a guy named Goldman, they were having a hearing mm -hmm. here in New York. You were there as a concerned citizen. This was about crime, and it was held in lower Manhattan. Everybody, watch this. The purpose of this hearing is to cover up for what they know to be an inappropriate investigation. Now, I look forward, many of you are Can I in respond New York City. You, no, not right now, because I only have 20 seconds, I'm sorry. But I, I do Don't want to Don't insult my intelligence. That, I, you're I, not hang on, hang on, the gentleman's time. I'm not insulting you. You're trying to insult me time. like I'm not aware of Ms. what's going Ms. on Frame. here. Thank you. Okay? I'm fully aware of what's going on here. Gentlemen, we'll suspend. Okay? Gentleman gets another 15 seconds. Thank you. That's why I walked away from the plantation of the Democratic Party. Committee will be in order. Ms. Brame, what order. I was what I was about to say. Oh, he tries to dig himself out of that spot. Bad guy, that Dan Goldman. That was marvelous. All right. Yeah. How can we help? Very disrespectful. Very disrespectful and dismissive. And, and, and that's basically the way, you know, um, that entire hearing was conducted from the Democratic side of that table. And that's basically um, the attitude and the way they treat people. <laughs> they, they, they're like really callous and, and just don't give a dog on about nobody. They just don't care, you know? And these progressives that we have in city council, they need to just all be voted out from the top to the bottom, all right? Take out the garbage, take out the garbage. Some people really need to throw their hat in that ring, okay? And they, those people can be beat. We need to vote those bums out. And Jamal Bauman, the district that he represents, is the poorest in the country. So what is he actually doing in D.C. to advocate for those poor people in those communities that he represents? You know? And I'm sure that he hasn't set foot in the hood since he's won that election. I'm sure he hasn't stepped nowhere near none of the places or the train stations where he was outside of handing out palm cards when he was trying to get votes. All he right. only won with 13,000 13, or 16,000 votes. That means he, he won due to the lack of voting. All right, Not Madeline, Madeline, I'm, I'm afraid I'm out of time. Let's have okay. you back soon. Um, Madeline Brame, <laughs> at, at Brame Madeline, B-R-A-M-E-M-A-D-E-L-I-N-E, -E, right? The win red. Brain for Congress. Win red, brain for Congress. Please go there and donate to my campaign so I can get up and running. Also, shout out to my family out in Bellport, Long Island. The Brain family and the Willett family have been supportive and with me from day one. Thank you. And Newsmax has been there from pretty early on as well. Yes, you have. Okay. Yes, you have. I really appreciate all of the platform and the exposure and the opportunities that you've given. We Thank appreciate you so much. We appreciate you, Madeline. All the best, and we'll Thank see you. you again soon, and we'll be right back. Yes. So, Joe and Hunter Biden back on a happier day, both looking rather spiffy. Unfortunately, Hunter has spent a lot of days like this, not so spiffy, all, you know, sorry, drugged up. And the last guy who should have been handling a weapon. 
But he was, and it looks like he lied on a federal form to get it. And now he's in a, well, a fair amount of trouble. A lot of us think he should be in a lot more trouble um, because of the tax things and the overseas business dealings and influence peddling. But this is what's before him right now. Let's bring in a lawyer, Mike Davis, founder and president of the Article 3 Project and former law clerk to Justice Neil Gorsuch. Uh, Mike, welcome. What do you think of this, sir? I would say don't be fooled by this at all. This is just more political cover-up by David Weiss, this hand-picked uh, by both Democrat, uh, both Democrat senators in Delaware, this U.S. attorney who has protected the Bidens for years. He got evidence deemed credible by the Pittsburgh uh, U.S. attorney back in 2020 that the Bidens were involved in foreign corruption and bribery schemes. He did nothing about it. He let tax charges, uh, t tax evasion charges. He let the statute of limitations run on those. He came up with this sweetheart deal for Hunter with this backdoor, uh, this backdoor immunity, secret immunity. This guy cannot be trusted. And the fact that he's not pursuing Hunter Biden for tax, uh, for, for uh, foreign corruption, for being an unregistered foreign agent, for, for wiretapping, for, for crimes that could actually tie Hunter to Joe Biden, shows you that David Weiss is continuing to cover for the Bidens. Now, that all makes sense, and uh, you're the, I agree. But here's something. When this indictment dropped, and I always thought this is the low-hanging fruit, right? But this is a real crime. I mean, this indictment, it does feel real. Unlike, you compare and contrast to the, the indictments of President Trump. When they came down, we saw right through it. This you know, when you read it, we all know Hunter has done drugs. We see the thing right there. Are you a drug addict? Do you use drugs? Yes or no? He says no. We understand that. And that's wrong. And he did it. And now he's, you know, on some level, it's hitting us, I think, in a way I didn't expect. Yeah, this is definitely a real crime. And if, if Joe Biden were a U.S. senator, uh, you know, he's the one who advocated for these gun charges. And if, if Hunter Biden were a black man in Delaware instead of the president's son, he would definitely be in prison for a very long time for this crime. But let's get real here. There's not a chance that Hunter Biden is going to spend a day in prison over this. They're going to drag this out until November 5th, 2024. And then Joe Biden is going to pardon his son, maybe pardon himself. David Weiss is going to come up with some sweetheart deal again for, uh, for Hunter Biden, maybe diversion again, where he doesn't go to jail. But in the meantime, between now and the presidential election, the Justice Department can say to Congress, we can't respond to your subpoenas for records and testimony because there's an ongoing criminal prosecution. That's what this is all about. The, the Hunter Biden will not spend a day in jail. You know, and also, I know, just like you say, they've got this thing going. It's inconceivable that they would indict him again, the federal authorities, whereas with Donald Trump, you know, they waited, what, four weeks to indict him again, uh, which seems incredibly unreasonable. But we can feel, I mean, in a weird way, it might be, I don't know. I don't know. I feel, let me ask you this. Isn't it true, and I remember seeing this, that not everybody who does this is necessarily charged, right? Um, I don't know if that's the case or not. It seems like these, uh, these Democrat prosecutors certainly love to go after gun charges, right? So, uh, the fact that sometimes they're not charged if they lie in the form and they don't obtain the gun. Hunter lied on the form and obtained the gun, right? So that's the difference. 
But I would say this. I mean, I would say it is more important for our country to know what whether the president of the United States is compromised by foreign bribes and other corruption. It's a lot more consequential to know that than whether Hunter Biden is convicted and received no jail time for a crackhead with a gun. So I would say to House Republicans, think about giving Hunter Biden immunity here. He's not going to jail regardless. So think about giving him immunity and making him come testify before the House uh, Oversight Committee or the House Judiciary Committee or the House Impeachment Committee, because Joe Biden, it appears, is very compromised by tens of millions of dollars in foreign bribes and other corruption. Your piece in The Federalist, here's what the House GOP should do right now to fight Democrats' Republican-crushing lawfare. Uh, take us through it, if you don't mind, in about 30 seconds. Yeah, I think that House Republicans need to move beyond tweets and letters and start issuing subpoenas immediately for documents, for staff depositions, for public hearings. Drag in these people. The reason that the Democrats are on offense with their lawfare against President Trump, the republic ending lawfare, is because we don't have them on defense. The Bidens are committing real crimes. The Democrats are going after Trump for made-up crimes. It's time for House Republicans to take off the gloves and get tough. Yeah, you know, a lot of them, they do, they tweet, all, and it feels like you've done something, but you haven't, right? It just, it just floats away. Uh, Mike Davis, thank you very much. Um, go to mikedavis.substack.com. We appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Be right back. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. Hey, everybody. This is Annalise, my older daughter. She is three and today was the first day of school. All dressed up, huh? Isn't she great? She was actually born um, the first month I was at Newsmax, three and a half years ago. I love you, baby. Anyway, it's great. It really is. Uh, so coming up, we've got the Right Squad with Chris Plant. That should be awesome. And tomorrow night, a Trump rally that's going to be carried right here on Newsmax. We'll have it live right during my show. I will see you then.